previously on Quest Friends Forever. The man known as Foster Grant has his arms raised to the sky and flies back up into the air until he is out of sight. Jared, why don't we give you a little bit of firepower? What do you say? And he snaps his finger again, and you know how to cast Crown of Madness. My name is Dimmy. A couple weeks ago, monsters started appearing in the dark. It is not great times here at Ripley. From the darkness, you recognize the body, the physical form of Foster Grant. I would like to reach out to knowledge. It seems like when you do your, uh, your blessings, it's a little bit easier for us to get a read on you. So why don't you go ahead and invoke those when darkness is around and um, we'll swing by. Up here on the second story, you are surprised to see a face outside the window. And of course, it is the face of Foster Darkness. At this time tomorrow night, me and my forces will eviscerate this town and anyone foolish enough to still be in it. Val, you like to party, right? Laugh out loud. I cast dancing lights all over the bar. My back against the wall, my crudely drawn turntables in front of me, and it's parties hopping. I don't need to hear your life story. You're welcome to enter. Thank you. Oh, all right. Well, enjoy the last remaining seconds of your life, dear friend. So I got five. Whoops. We still need music going during this fight, so it's good that I'm going to go last. It's fine. I got seven. Oof. I got ten. Oof. Not great, everybody. Ellie got a five. Oh, no. (laughs) Oh, my God. Shit. So, surprise, surprise, darkness is first. So, uh, darkness is not enjoying the loud music that is preventing him from his uh, witty quips being heard. Why not? Because he's a kind of a kind of a dick. So that sucks. Darkness in his now left hand to the right hand has the shadow blade. His left hand, he uh, just kind of holds it up, and a uh, a a ball like a like a globe, a small globe looking thing of just black energy forms in his hand, and he tosses it at you, Val. Oh my goodness! This is a revised chromatic orb. So. I rolled a 19 against your armor class. Jesus. Yeah. Fuck. I assume that's going to- Don't gonna... forget to call your Ouch. people, guys. I assume that's going to happen. Ouch. Call your gods. Val, you're going to take- Oh, not... that's not that bad. 12 points of damage. Okay. Pretty low rolls on those. Um, and then for his second move, he is going to uh, look over at the bar where he sees Stephanie kind of like concentrating on something. He's not sure what it is. And he points his left hand at you, Stephanie, and he casts Ray of Enfeeblement and a black beam of enervating, enervating? A black beam of energy springs from the finger toward you, and I'm going to make a ranged spell attack against you. And I rolled- Like a a Palpatine thing? Yes. I rolled an 18 versus armor class. Do it. So uh, you suddenly feel weak and- until this spell ends in one minute, you only deal half damage with weapon attacks that use strength. Um, although you can make a con save on your turn to try to break it. Okay. And Foster laughs knowing that he has connected on his first two hits. Uh, he's feeling so cocky that he doesn't even need to even worry about this. And you hear uh, from outside the the shrieks and the cries of all his creatures uh, now coming from every direction as if they are encircling the tavern, you hear them let out a, a cry of perhaps celebration or taunting. It is Jared's turn. All right. 
Are you guys ready? Ready. Do the thing. Well, the one thing that I'm really here to do, um, all I'm really going to do is cast uh, Daylight. Cool. So Daylight. daylight. I can't cast two actions, right? I can only do the one. You only have one because you're not a a god. You're not special. Or a dragon. Fuck. Um, No one likes you. So the light you're about to cast, the Daylight, uh, you can uh, pick the point from which it spreads. So you can choose a physical thing to, to emanate this light. Um, okay. What are you choosing? What if it's like, is it, is it like, I feel like it would just make sense. Is he standing under like any sort of light fixtures? Uh, I mean, I know there's a lot of lights around. There is a uh, chandelier hanging from the ceiling that okay. was fancy actually, once and is not anymore. Actually, fuck it. I have a better idea. Okay. Um, all at once, the lights in this club descend upon him, all shining directly at him as if he were a contestant on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, like like fanning into him, and all the light turns white. So suddenly, all of the light from all of the different uh, lighting mechanisms for the club are aimed directly at him and have turned a bright, luminous white. So, Jared, we'll say since you're picking multiple points, which you're not really supposed to do. So, here's the trade off. Oh, but we're cool. Here's the trade off. Instead of. I thought we were friends. Daddy, let me. Instead of having one point of light that emanates 60 feet out, how about you have, you know, 10 points of light? But it only it doesn't do a sixty foot ball. It's like heavily focused on just this spot where he is. Is it just as strong? Yeah, it's just as strong. Same effect, but it's not. And will it affect? Will it affect the antennae effect of contacting my overgod? Uh, well, I mean, you have to. You can only do this by invoking your overgod. So you are doing no, it. but 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 you're doing it already. But, yes, but will it affect like like the signal? Like like say say th- contacting them. They said they had trouble kind of finding us. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe it's like bars on a cell phone. Like, would it be like two bar versus like a five bar? Um, if I about? do this different version, yeah. Of- so yeah, sure. We'll say that because you're doing this unique version that is not normally done by this spell. Uh, it's even weirder for the overgod of light. Uh, they notice it easier because this is not the normal. Oh. This is not the normal thing. Oh, I know? thought you were gonna say. It's going to be harder for them to find you. I'm like, no. Oh, well then. Is, oh, okay, good, 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 good. You're, good. Using, you're using the 5G, G for gods. Oh. <laughs> Stupid. Uh, Literally yeah. so good. It, yes. it piques their interest, we'll say. Um, Great. Okay, so uh, as these many points of light descend upon Foster Darkness, uh, you see him kind of like hold up his hands to cover his eyes now with the, with the blade still on one of his hands. And he like hisses a little, which is weird because he's not like a vampire. But he still hisses anyway. He goes. <laughs> he's, he's just pretentious. Yeah, he's just an asshole. <laughs> uh, Stephanie is up, and then Val will be next. Okay, great. First, I'm gonna do a con save. Okay, try to break your enfeeblement. And I crit. Fuck. Okay, so you're no longer enfeebled. That was no longer enfeebled. Fast. The way you said that, I thought you were doing like an in-game save. Like, hold on, I gotta go save my game real quick. And save then I'll my fight game. The boss. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> The next thing I'm going to do. Um, so, what's going on with the elementals? Were they inside when Jared got in? Uh, no, because Jared came in and closed the door. So, they're still outside. So, um, we're going to play uh, Gloomhaven rules where your summons go after you. So, okay. do what you want to do first, because apparently I have to be the elementals because I have their stats. But you basically just tell me what they're going to do and I'll tell you what happens. 
Okay. Um, I guess I'm going to bring back a fan fave um, oh. and just go ahead and cast Moonbeam. Ooh, where... it's been a minute. I know. Uh, the fans have just been begging for me to use it, and I haven't had a real opportunity until now. Mm-hmm. So we're just going to cast this. We're just going to go and do this. So it's already incredibly bright where Foster Darkness is, and now mm-hmm. it's just going to be even more so, if that's okay. even possible. So do I take damage, or what's do I do a save? Yes. What, what's um, the for those For those of you at home that forgot, it's a silvery beam of pale light shines down <laughs> in a five-foot radius. Um, and it is nighttime, enters... so it makes sense. Yeah, so they're going to take damage now and also at the start of their turn. Engulfed in flames, cause searing pain, make a constitution saving throw. I got a 23. Well, you're going to take half damage <laughs> then. Darkness has high bonuses. 11. So 11, 11 divided by 2. So the moonbeam hits darkness. Um, he's already kind of covering his eyes from this this daylight spell. So it's just more light. And he's like, he hisses again. But he doesn't really seem very phased. This is not a very strong uh, attack that affects him very badly. Okay. The fire elementals are up. Are they doing anything right now? Yeah, um, fucking shit up. I did want them to come inside. But I wasn't sure if... Um, cause when I looked up fire elemental, it said that they can get in through any like one inch cracker or anything like yes, nothing they basically. Can. Okay. So I would like them to come in and since they're so close, hit them. So which crack do you want them to squeeze through? They come in under the door. How's that looking? Um, yeah, they're going to come in under the door cause that's going to look sick as fuck for Jared. It does. So actually looks sick as fuck because from behind Jared who just cast this amazing spell given to them by a god suddenly from under the door right behind Jared this like trail of flames begins trickling in uh taking over the floor you know like in like backdraft there's like that slow motion scene of the fire moving over the floor really slowly before it moves to the walls it's exactly like backdraft actually and crawls through and narrowly avoids your feet Jared because they are you know smart and they know they're on your team and then they form back up as their humanoid elemental form a little bit in front of you on either side of Foster Darkness. And they look over at Stephanie as like a, like a, huh? Like a, yeah, sure, huh? Do, yeah, time, yeah. That's the voice of the fire and elementals I decided. Is the music still going? Oh, it's fucking of going. It's okay. cranked. Then I'm going to look at them and I'm going to make like the punch, punch, and then mm-hmm. point to darkness. But like in rhythm with the music? Like. Yeah. Okay. Mm, mm. And then I'm just going to like, you know, when there's like a really excited coach for like boxing or like a fan or something and they're just like, yeah, get him and then punch mm -hmm. him and then do this and do the thing. That's Stephanie right now. Okay. So you're just fucking fired up. Uh, Okay. Mm -hmm. Val 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 sees this about to happen. And uh, as the DJ of the party uh, sees this thing about to happen and with all the blood red glow sticks in the air mm-hmm. as soon as she's approaching him val just hits one more big solid beat right okay. just like a key change or something and it's, it's just a, going nuts. oh a key change and now all the lights are strobing oh shit to the point where it's like you know like if you're in, in a strobe light and you start punching like it's only you can only see like a couple of frames of what you're doing mm, okay. so it's like a total badass fight scene total right now. badass fight scene right now yeah that's what's happening which is also really cool because Everything else is stop motion except for the fire elementals, right? right? Yeah, because yeah, they don't they they're... don't blink out. Yeah, yeah, that's actually really cool. Okay, 
So this is the part where we warn the viewers that there are flashing lights, mm-hmm. and if they are prone to epileptic seizures, that they should uh, view with caution. It's a very serious If problem. they're prone to epilepsy or these sick fucking dance moves, <laughs> if you're prone to they vibing, might want to look away now. If you're prone to I'm vibes. about to throw If you listen to country down. music, look away. Uh, okay, <laughs> let, me, let me punch with these goddamn fire elementals. Uh, they each get two attacks. So number one, we'll say, rolled a four plus five for a nine. That's not going to work. His second attack, ooh, a 15 plus five is a 20. So that will hit. We'll just do it all at once. The second one rolled a five plus five for a 10. Not going to hit. And then a 16 plus five for a 21. So they each get one hit off. Uh, A hit is 1d6 plus two. There's a three plus two for five. And a six plus two for eight. So 13 damage overall coming from these elementals. And... If the target is a creature, it ignites. Until a creature takes an action to douse the fire, <laughs> it will take five fire damage at the start of each of its turns. So, <laughs> as is tradition um, with this fucking group of folks, there's going to be like 13 rolls I have to do on my turn as darkness before anything even happens. So, it's okay. You're good at it. Taking notes there. Also, the moonbeam is radiant damage. I don't know if that matters for Foster. Yes, it's going to be double damage, actually. So, uh, yeah, that was actually 10 then the first time around. Thank you for letting me know. Uh, okay, so now, in addition to holding his hands over his eyes from the lights, having a moonbeam directly on him, now there are two humanoid fire elementals next to him that just each punched him once, and now his, uh, his, his tucked-in polo shirt begins to kind of catch on fire around the sleeves where he got hit. Are there ex- exposed pocket bottoms that are poking out through the cutoff shorts are those mm-hmm. all like singed and frayed now not yet it's it's up they punched him they didn't punch him in the the thighs and the butt they punched him in the we're going for a arms. crop top i think mm-hmm. yeah i think crop top with the cutoffs i think that's gonna be cute there's stephanie's jeans. elemental so in her mind she's directing them with a very specific target fashion stop choice. being erotic val it's your turn uh this is fucking badass What's oh, okay. Here. Okay. Thanks right? for warning me. This is just so cool. The only thing that's going to make it even better, like the finale of the show. So Val, the hand that's sort of faux spinning a fake record, just a piece of chalk, whatever, goes from the the spinning wrist motion to then putting all of Val's weight onto the table itself, and Val does a big, almost like a superhero jump over the table and just goes straight for darkness and. Okay does a spin attack. So this is Val's first time invoking the god for an actual benefit rather than when you just talked to him earlier. Don't worry about um, that. That's okay. It's a long time ago. It's a time. Um, we forgot about it. <laughs> so when the other two used their blessings for the first time, I made them tell me how they invoked their uh-huh. their god. So how do you invoke the under god of war to get the power for this spin attack? So as Val jumps over the table mm-hmm. uh, and jumps straight at darkness... Uh, they shout, Val, Echo Leader 1 to all units. Advance forward and attack the enemy. Show no mercy. Take no prisoners. Kill them all. They say that. Mm-hmm. And then does sort of like a mid-air tuck one elbow in to start the spinning motion. And then okay. it just gets faster and faster and faster. And so I gave him my dagger, but I have a rapier. And so the rapier kind of extends out as I'm spinning. Cool. To just do a super sick, uh, spin attack. So do the spin attack then. That is an 18 plus five. That will hit. And then for seven damage. Okay. 
So again, covering his eyes, being hit with a moonbeam, being punched by people on fire, and now a robot does a cool spin attack and slices uh, across uh, the chest, we'll say, and you cut like a, a, a line across this tucked-in polo shirt now, exposing a little bit of bare chest here. And he, once again, darkness lets out a hiss. <laughs> and when you, when you connect with the blade, you hear the creatures outside shriek a little bit louder as if they have also been struck. Cool, Ellie gets to go. Okay, so Ellie's going to use coordinated strike. Since Stephanie targeted darkness, Ellie will also target darkness and deal some bonus damage if she hits. So from behind the bar, she was really into playing this role of like barback where she had like the towel over her shoulder and she was like wiping down counters and like, you know, kind of getting into the music, kind of shuffling her shoulders a little, but not in super good rhythm because she, you know, she's trying her best, but it's not great. Um, She now drops the facade and reaches under the bar and pulls out her longbow, which she had at the ready and fires off an arrow in the direction of the very, very distracted (laughs) fucking foster darkness. Crit! Yeah, that's my girl! This woman. Okay. Then, okay, wait, that's going to be a lot of stuff. Okay, so it's going to be 14 plus 8 for 22 damage dealt by Ellie. We'll say Ellie uh, gets him right in the thigh and splits the already high up pants now. Uh, So it's almost like up to his hip, basically, like a loincloth situation. So it's got like a cute little slit. Yeah, like a loin. You can see his uh, his sex V, or what do we call it, Eric? Cum gutters. Thank you. That one's getting left in because I'm feeling celebratory. I have such a fucking badass move. Okay, back to the top. It's darkness, and then Jared will be next. Um, (laughs) Darkness is pissed. Uh, What does darkness have to do first before he gets to go, Stephanie? What is moonbeam? Moonbeam. Got to make a con save. Okay. Uh, It's a four. Plus five for nine. Okay, so that's 12 radiant damage. Oh, shit. Okay. Uh, hurts a lot. He does not like it. Not a fan. Um, you see his uh, his skin like sizzle a little bit. Like Not a lot, but just like a little bit of smoke coming off his skin. And then whatever the fire elemental fire thing is. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, he's not going to take an action to douse the fire. He's just going to he's just going to live with it. So he'll take 1d10 damage. Fucking rolled a nine. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I love rolling well when it's uh, not in my benefit. Okay. So pissed off, extremely pissed off now. For his first move, Foster Darkness casts uh, Dimension Door and teleports himself over out of this situation where the elementals are, where the moonbeam is, uh, teleports away into the area of the uh, makeshift turntables and brings his uh, shadow blade down on one of the tables to destroy it. And it's a table and he's a god, so not even going to roll. He destroys one of the tables uh, and your little uh, bench that you set up, Val, falls over. Of course, it doesn't stop the music, but he's not really familiar with DJ shit. So he was just trying to (laughs) do his best. It didn't work. Um, Dumbass. And now up on you, Val, he points his left hand at you and casts Mind Spike. And so, Val, uh, I need you to make a wisdom save. I get a four. Yeah, it ain't going to work. Nope. Val's going to take 22 points of damage. <sighs> and as long as you are on the same plane of existence as Foster Darkness, he will now always know where you are. Oh. Like, 
forever or until that's like dispelled? On a failed save, you always know the target's location until the spell ends, but only while the two of you are on the same plane of existence. While you have this knowledge, the target can't become hidden from you, and if it's invisible, it gains no benefit from that uh, that effect. How long Box. does the spell last? One hour. Oh, okay. So so if one of us went invisible, he could still be like, I don't care. I know where you Val, are. Val, for Val now. Oh, he's just like, for he's Val. He's like true sighting Val, basically. I don't um, believe gotcha. you. I cast invisibility. <laughs> it's not your turn, but it wouldn't work oh. anyway. Don't don't burn a spell slot. Um, I don't have that anyways. And you hear the beasts outside shriek, uh, sounding now much closer. And you can all look out the window and see that these flying beasts are circling the bar in such a close proximity that they're basically brushing up against the window. And he smiles a pompous ass smile. And it is Jared's turn. And Jared, you're back by the door now. How close am I to the nearest window? You're still right by the door. So you're pretty close to windows. I'm going to take out my sheet diary. Um, I pull out this book. I open it. I reach into it like a magic hat. Mm -hmm. And I pull out the hilt of a sword as it comes out like a... Who Framed Roger Rabbit side character. <laughs> it wiggles in my hands. Mm -hmm. uh, can you give it a voice, please? Oh, yeah. Stabby has a voice. Stabby goes, ah, oh, freedom. I'm free. Let me stab. Stab. Kill. Kill. Give me something. Point me. Point me. Stab. Um, what is blood, the sound of blood? metal? <laughs> like when you shake metal, like yeah. like, like a wobbly metal. Yeah. 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 Um, I like struggle with the handle as it's yeah, like, trying, Stabby's to trying to get, to get away, away from like, me. Oh, let me go. Let me at him. And, I got him. And I, I walk over to the window. I'll drink the blood. And I throw it open and I shove the sword out and let it go. <laughs> you just hear, yeah! Stab, 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 stab. <laughs> As you hear the it connect with several of this, this wave, this fucking wave of these uh, flying darkness creatures. Uh, and you see some of them start to fall into the window dead as the ones near the window get kind of cut up and stabbed by Stabby, the sentient sword. Um, yeah, they're starting to pile up now in the windowsill and on the ground around the window. As you just hear, yes, stab, poke, 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 kill, blood. Give me blood, yes. <laughs> Good idea, Jess. I forgot about that. I was just going to shine my flashlight out the window. <laughs> uh, oh, this is so cute. <laughs> uh, it's it's still your turn, Jared. That's a bonus action to open the diary. Oh, really? Yeah, that was, so Stabby does that, but what do you do? So you just open the diary, but you can still take an action. Oh, fuck yeah. Okay. Um, here's my question. So the entire darkness outside, mm -hmm. that is connected to our villain here, correct? Seems like there's some kind of connection. I mean, he did okay. create them. But they're technically not the same? Meaning if you stab one outside monster, is he going to bleed? No, not necessarily. I mean, you don't, you don't know. You don't know. What, what are you asking? Um, I want to use Crown of Madness. And I know technically, Crown of Madness, you cannot injure yourself, okay, but only attack other people. Yeah, they're for sure separate entities. Okay. I'm going to cast Crown of Madness on this guy. On Darkness? Yeah. Can I do that? It says humanoid, and technically Darkness is inhabiting a humanoid figure. Could so, you cast it on the body that Darkness is occupying and yes. create some sort so, of internal struggle? Yes, um, I will tell you, you would do so with disadvantage since they are possessed by a god. But uh, okay. if you do succeed, it will work. But it will just be harder to succeed. Hmm. I think it's kind of cool. Yeah, I think it's fun. So I think that's a really smart way to try to use that. 
it won't work exactly as it says, but it will be it will it will work. You can do this. It will just be harder to do. Okay. Yes. Great. Do it. Um, I'm gonna cast Crown of a Madness. Do it. Do it. Um, I close my eyes and I reach my fingers to my temples, and I only slowly, for only for a moment, and then the moment's gone. <laughs> I quietly hum, and slowly we see cuts in oh this flesh vessel's skin, like his forehead. It's like we're watching, like, and out of these cuts on the head we see these small thorns start protruding out and slowly but surely the cuts grow bigger and bigger. You gotta roll for it first before it happens, right? Well, it starts to happen and Foster's gonna try to fight it off. So we'll see if it stays. So so that's what's happened. So so we're watching it as it's like Mm -hmm. coming out of his skin. Blood is dripping down Foster's face um, as this is happening. And slowly we see that it is a crown of um what is it lead is it lead it's also, some kind of fucking metal i like that david was the one to be like well i mean you have to roll for it the the one that like <laughs> that before they even roll for anything they just Don't have worry the most about it. elaborate picture that they're painting for this podcast i think that's very fun it is I'm jagged le- learning jagged iron jagged iron thank mm-hmm. you yeah, so we we notice the uh, texture on it is iron, and it looks fucking sick. It's scary as hell, and I'm loving it. So I have to make a wisdom saving throw. So instead of you having disadvantage, I will do that with advantage then. Okay. What is the number to beat? What is your spell save DC? So I know how to react when I see these fucking dice in front of me. Oh, 12. Okay, here we go. Mm. First okay. dice is a five, plus five <gasps> for 10. Okay. Blow on the dice, make them lucky. Oh, fuck, it went on the floor. Hang on. <laughs> okay, it's on the floor, but it's a two on the floor, and I want this to happen, so I'm going to keep the two. <laughs> two plus five yes! for seven. So here's how we'll explain it. So this crown begins to appear, and you see darkness, the form of foster darkness, look confused as fuck and like try to like push it back in. And, you know, inside of this person is a god, so this starts to push it in pretty well. But for a split second, as Foster Darkness is looking at you, Jared, angrily, you see his eyes change a little bit. And they kind of gloss over for a second, and he blinks and he reopens his eyes, and he looks like he's unsure for a second. And he opens his mouth to speak, but it's a different voice. And that voice says, Well, where in the Sam heck am I now? And then he shakes his head for a second and then reopens his eyes, and it's the familiar eyes again. Of, of darkness, very uh, dark, obviously. And there is now some kind of internal battle happening between Foster Grant and darkness inside as spurred on by this crown of madness that you have just cast. So That is so sick. Foster cool. Grant giving you the assist from the inside. Stephanie, it is your turn. Yeah. Uh, Val is next. Okay. So I'm still going to bring that moonbeam. Now that we've seen a little bit of uh, Mr. Grant, I'm going to bring the moonbeam over to where they moved. and So that way they have to um, do it again. Um, I'm going to do that. Okay. I rolled a seven plus five for 12. Okay. That's not going to make it. I had a feeling it wouldn't. 10. 10 damage. That's radiant, radiant damage, right? Radiant. 
I'm hoping that this um that this will keep darkness's attention and maybe give Foster the upper hand because then we can like heal them and stuff. So sure. that's not a problem. But uh, yeah, so when the moonbeam slides across the room and relands on Foster Darkness uh, and hits effectively, uh, you see the some more like singeing of the skin and the smoke and the the sleeves of the polo shirt that were on fire like singe all the way up to the shoulders. Now he's he's blasting bare arms, and you know what? A Is little bit ripped? more fit than you might expect. But you know, not not too much. Not like he doesn't. He's not like ripped. But like, oh, okay, all right. Like naturally, naturally, uh, you know the 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 chill kind of buff that I am. He's a little cut. Don't check. Uh, yeah, a little bit. Uh, then the elementals are up. Yeah, I'll have him punch then. Okay, they slither over uh, past Jared. Uh, careful not to hit Val, and they throw up. Uh, they throw hands, and they say, "Well, they say nothing." But if they could talk, they would say, "Catch these hands." After they go by Val, Val says, Hello. Two of them hit again out of the four. So eight damage and uh, still still on fire. Okay, Val, you've got Foster right up on you. Foster okay. just broke your, your DJ setup. Sure. Uh, so Foster and two fire elementals are right up on you. Okay. I'm going to cast Heat Metal on his new crown. Holy shit. What's up? Okay. So wow, that's probably, gonna, that's probably gonna hurt, right? That's brutal. Okay, yeah, do it. It just happens. Uh, Choose a manufactured metal object. You cause the object to go red hot. Any creature in physical contact with the object takes two d8 fire damage yeah. when you cast a spell. Yeah, they do. Until the spell ends, you can use a bonus action on each of your subsequent turns to cause this damage again. Jesus. Okay. So, also, just question: since the the crown is technically tied to this other spell, would it then boost that other spell? Oh. <gasps> We won't know until we get there. Will we? <laughs> we have some, do we have some like spell synergy going on? I guess we won't know until we get there. We are going to have to like do so much for Foster when <laughs> they are no longer darkness because yeah. they are going to be so fucked up. You know, uh, it's like an it's like an exorcism. We're going to give him a pair it's of Ray Bans, but then before we give him the Ray Bans, we're going to peel off that little sticker that says Ray Ban on it, and we're going to just give him a pair of glasses that aren't Ray Bans. Or maybe after all this, he's going to be like just so cut. And so like, you know, he's going to have these battle Mm -hmm. scars. So then he's just going to be like a kind of a different person and just kind of maybe lean into. He'll start selling Oakley's instead. Do your damage. Oh, this is the birth of Oakley. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That would make sense. It's a it's a it's a new balance. We should just kill uh, him. Khaki short guy who became an extreme sport fanatic because he's all cut now. Val, do your damage for six. Okay. Six damage. He gets um, really into making hats now because he wants to cover up the scar from mm. the crown. And he actually invents the visor. Oh. No, 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 no. Because of the scars and his, his body's all mutilated, he becomes like, more of like a bad boy now. And so he, he's the first one to ever wear a bandana while riding a motorcycle. Hey, Val. Oh, see. I, I'm, I'm putting a stop to this. Val, <laughs> <laughs> um, how do you look physically as far as damage? Are you hurt? Sick as fuck. I am... Do you have visible damage, we'll say? Well, I'm 26 out of 60 hit points. Absolutely, then. Okay, cool. Seeing Val take some pretty heavy hits, uh, Ellie drops her uh, bow and then pulls out the other item she had prepared behind the bar, the staff of healing, and aims it at Val and says, I gotcha! And blasts a 30-foot sphere of healing energy at you, Val. And Val, you're going to recover some hit points. Thank you for your assistance. 
You've been a great help. Val, you recover 15 hit points. And she says, my pleasure. Um, which brings us to the top of the order and darkness. So darkness is not having a good time here. This is going very bad, very fast. Uh, as many of the villains that come up against this group soon discover your fucking effects that ling- linger and last on their on their bodies. So tell me what Crown of Madness does again. Hang on, hang on. Let me look at Crown of Madness. So the charm target must use its action before moving on each of its turns to make a melee attack against a creature other than itself that you mentally choose. So before he moves, he has to attack somebody. Jared, what would yes. you like him to do? So here's where I'm going to bring up something uh-huh. that this is what I was betting on because I have a really good point. Okay. Now, I know that darkness is a different entity and technically a different consciousness. Mm-hmm. Now, knowing that Foster is sentient within this cohabitation, so to speak, he exists as a separate entity, which is creating a conflict internally correct seems that way now would you agree that they are two separate consciousnesses this is so sick yes would you would you would agree yes okay so in that case the consciousness that he's going to then attack during his turn is himself so darkness is going to hit foster grant is there you want foster Foster to hit darkness i believe so I cast it on the physical humanoid body. He cast it on the body. Foster Grant. Because I can't cast it on darkness. Okay. But because technically they're tied physically to that body, the crown is going to then affect darkness and create even more of an internal conflict because it's two consciousnesses vying for the same poison. Yeah. Right? So you want Foster to hit at I, darkness. I want Foster to hit darkness. Yeah. In whatever way it manifests, right? Like... And I know that this is kind of a worm shit, but I am going to have my cake and eat it too because <laughs> technically it's two people sharing one consciousness. So I'm taking the best parts of the separate divide and using it to my advantage in this way. And I know that Crown of Madness, technically you can't hit yourself. Like stop hitting mm-hmm. yourself, stop hitting yourself. But I would argue you can in this case because it's two separate consciousnesses. Okay, so here's how it's going to manifest. I okay simply love that. Um, but... We're going to let the dice decide. So here's what's going to happen. Here's what's going to happen. Okay. We are going to have a wisdom contest to see if you can kind of inspire Foster to do this. And since it is you and Foster versus darkness, you're going to have advantage in this case. So you're going to roll 2d20. I'm going to roll 1d20. And if you come out on top, this will work. If I come out on top, darkness will be able to resist. Will that be for this one turn, or will he have to, that will be a consistent? That'll struggle? be every turn because because on darkness's turn uh, he gets to try to roll to get out of crown of madness. Okay, good because I have a follow up to that on my turn. Okay, so, okay. So great. you roll with advantage. I roll single d twenties. Wisdom contest. Well, I'm taking the first number because it was fourteen and I have two, so sixteen. You win because this asshole rolled a three plus five for eight. Ah, cool. And so with this kind of like shaking his head back and forth, trying to shake loose of this crown, which is also very hot now, very hot crown. You're welcome. Uh, Fuck. The physical form of Foster Grant, uh, you see him kind of blink and the eyes change a little bit again. And is he attacking the physical self or is it like a mental battle inside? What do you want Um, to happen? I I want to see some sort of physical manifestation of 
the mental anguish because a lot most of it's going to be taking place inside but like we saw as the crown of thorns manifested mm-hmm. um there's going to be a little foster grant and a little darkness mm-hmm. and we're going to kind of be watching that sort of dissociative fight so he's kind of shaking his head back and forth and he blinks once and it looks like foster's eyes and he blinks again and it looks like darkness's eyes and back and forth and back and forth and you hear the voice of darkness start to say get out of my and then he just slaps himself in the face and just stops cold and then rubs his face and goes, oh, shit. And uh, he has hit himself for five fucking damage. It's an incredible slap. Hell yeah. Salutations, questies. How's it going out there? This is Danny the DM, your DM of Quest Friends Forever saying hello here in the middle of this epic showdown between our heroes and darkness. Uh, Let's do a little bit of mid-episode business as we like to do and then get you back to the action. Folks, look, let's face facts. Social media, I think it might be here to stay. I don't know. It might be sticking around. So you might as well use it to follow us and our shenanigans. We are on Instagram. That's where we do our business at Quest Friends Forever. Of course, the number four. Why don't you head over there and give us a follow? You're probably on your phone listening to this right now. So you could just do it right now. Or if you're driving, um, don't do it right now. But uh, pull over at your first opportunity to do so safely and then follow us and then continue on your journey. So a lot of good content happening over there. And you don't want to be the one person in the world who misses out on it. So go ahead and do that. And since you're already looking at stuff on your phone, whether you are, you know, just hanging out listening or you've pulled your car over safely as previously instructed, you might as well also leave us a review or a rating on whatever podcast app my voice is coming from right now. Um, We think five stars is pretty pretty accurate you know we we all had a conference about it we met about it uh we discussed the options and we all agreed that yeah five stars would be the way to go so uh, i'm just passing that along to you i'm just the messenger but um go ahead and do that uh reviews also you know say that we're funny say that we're hot say that you love us all that stuff seriously those are uh, a very big factor in getting us expanded listenership and all that other behind the scenes podcast seo mystery business that no one really understands But uh, that would be very nice of you, and we would appreciate it very much, and we would give you a virtual kiss on the forehead. There, that's just for you, as long as you did a rating or a review. If you didn't, well, then I take it back. Lastly, of course, I want to tell you about a podcast network, the podcast network that we are on. It is called The Nostalgia Network. It includes Quest Friends Forever, your obviously favorite D&D podcast. It includes the Nostalgia podcast in which Eric and Jessica from our show talk about remakes and sequels and retellings of pop culture favorites. Um, The one coming out next is about Pet Cemetery. After that, they'll be talking about Predator and Prey, which, by the way, the new Prey movie absolutely rules. So go see it if you haven't. Uh, Other podcasts on that network include the Lousy Advice podcast in which Eric and his band Lousy Advice pick a band or musical genre and then make lists of their favorite songs from that band or musical genre, usually with a fun guest from the music industry. They are coming back from a hiatus very, very soon on their way back as we speak, I think. 
There's also on that network, the Momos and the Appas, in which Eric and Jess are joined by their very smart friend, Dr. Amber Jones, to discuss the lore of Avatar The Last Airbender, a fabulous cartoon if you haven't seen it also. They are up to book two by now, and they are on a regular weekly schedule. So check all those out. We all work really hard on them, and we do it just for you. Oh, and I don't always mention it, so I like to mention it every now and then. The opening and closing theme song of Quest Friends Forever was composed by our very own Eric Lefebvre. The weekly episode art is created with love every single week, or bi-weekly, by our very own David Tercero. Uh, They are both wonderful and more talented than I will ever be, so their contributions to the uh, atmosphere of this podcast are greatly appreciated. And, uh, you know, give them some love. Or Venmo them. Whatever works. I'm done. Let's get back to this fight. We will see you in two weeks with a hot and fresh episode directly out of the podcast oven. In the meantime, be safe out there and we'll talk to you later. Bye bye. So what okay. darkness is going to do, have to try to break the moonbeam, right? Um, You get a con save. Okay. I got a, four, a 14 plus 5 for a 19. Okay. So you passed, but okay. 7 radiant damage. So now he'll try to break the crown. Fucking Christ. I have something to do, but I can't do it until I do all this shit. Um, a wisdom save. Oh, at the end of his turn. Okay. Well, then I can't do it yet. So his first action was to hit himself. Uh, Darkness does get two actions, though. So for his second action, he raises his free hand without the blade, uh, ignoring Val and the fire elementals, and just raises his free hand to the sky and snaps his fingers. And darkness, not the person, but the, the noun, lowercase noun, darkness, explodes out from him. It absolutely snuffs out the dancing lights at this level. Uh, it's, it snuffs out all the candles. Even Jared's daylight is defeated by this huge explosion of lowercase darkness the whole bar is now almost pitch black and in the darkness you hear these terrible sounds as uh the windows break um stabby's doing their best at the one window you just hear yeah, yeah, give, me, give me more give me more i want it come on bring it but there are many more windows here and you hear them break in this darkness and you hear the fluttering of wings start to enter the bar you hear low growls. There's even uh, some shrieking and some mad laughter heard within the sphere. And everyone has to make a wisdom saving throw. I got 15. I got 18. 11. Okay. So everyone except for Jared, this noise, uh, this, this maddening darkness is the name of the spell, uh, just hits you psychically. You feel it almost instantly. And... It just gets you right in the brain. And everyone except for Jared takes 34 points of psychic damage. Uh, Jared, you take 17. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. Ouch. This is terrible. And it sucks. And you all, some of you, like, maybe, like, cover your ears and, like, maybe drop to a knee. Like, oh, my God. Oh, I can't believe this. And as uh, you hear, like, the cackling of darkness in the dark, so to speak. Suddenly, as you feel these, these, these wings of these creatures beating closer and closer, a beam of light cuts through this magical darkness. A single straight 
beam of light. And you can Why look- Why does it have to be straight? Well- Huh? A, a forward pointing. Interesting. What, what, what color is the light? White. Gay. Is it white? Oh, yeah. It's gay. <laughs> uh, you can't necessarily see the source of this light yet because everything else in the room is magically dark, but it's coming from about maybe waist high, straight beam of light. Sorry, forward pointing beam of light. Thank um, you. And it shines directly on darkness. And darkness is, you know, looking smug and kind of celebrating, um, starting to be like encircled by his flying little beast creatures. Um, and when this light hits them, this very strong, powerful light, they shriek and start kind of burning and smoking and they fly off out of the light. So it's just darkness. And he's like trying to look at the source of it. He's like covering his eyes. Like, what is this? What is this? And from the direction the light is coming from, uh, you see a cantaloupe fly into the scene and hit him in the chest just with a thud. Not very hard. Just like, boop. And he looks down at it like, what the fuck? And from the source of this light, you hear a nasally, perhaps uh, godlike voice say, Reach for the sky. <laughs> Feast has spoken from inside Laugh the room. Laugh out loud. Ooh. Jared, it is your turn. Okay. Uh, it is dark as fuck in here, except for the single beam of light coming from somewhere near you. It's like within almost arm's reach of you, but you literally all you can see is this light emanating from somewhere. Is the light illuminating the room at all? It's like a, it's a focused beam on darkness. You can see darkness. You can see the path from the light to darkness and like Val behind it, basically. But it's like, it's not. Is, uh-huh. is my moonbeam still visible too? Uh, What level is it? Um, at level two. I'm betting no. No. So uh, it's done. If any of the spell's area overlaps with area of light created by a spell of second level or lower, the spell of that light is dispelled. Is my music okay. still Oh, sorry, going? no, that's darkness. That's, that's not maddening darkness. That's just regular darkness. Uh, maddening darkness extinguishes all non-magical light and any light created by a spell of eighth level or lower. Oh, Jesus Christ. Okay. Wow. Uh, yeah, the music is still going. Okay. The music hasn't stopped, Val, unless you've stopped it. But mm. uh, Jared, it's your turn. Okay, what I think I'm actually going to do is I'm going to go ahead and use my invisibility. Oh, okay. So I'm going to cast my invisibility. Great. And I'm going to walk up right next to Foster Grant, and I'm going to start Scarlet Witching his brain. Oh, my God. Like whispering shit in his ear. Okay. To try to coax him into hurting darkness. Okay. I'm going to be standing near him very stealthily as to hopefully not get smacked, hit, or noticed. Like, like say, for instance, at the beginning of Darkness's turn, as he's trying to take over, I'm going to whisper, like, cool stuff in his ear, like, wow, your glasses are so sick, you're so <laughs> strong, like, oh my god, you're actually, like, really hot for the way you look, or like, wow, those shorts are actually, like, so sick, and you shouldn't have cut them on your way in. Um. Why don't we just do that now? So if you try to convince him to hit himself, so for your action, you can make Foster hit darkness. Okay, then I'm going to do that. I'm going to whisper in his ear and be like, wow, you're so fucking strong. You should hit darkness because he fucking (laughs) sucks. Um, Yeah, so you have, uh, we're not even going to make you roll this time because you still kind of have the benefit of the the wisdom contest you just won. This works. Uh, uh, Foster, <laughs> Foster is uh, a, l- a little soft for you in this instance, and he, because you know, you're kind of the one bringing him back out. 
So uh, this this works, and you you run up to him invisibly in this form of light, and you see uh, darkness kind of look around like, "Huh, what?" Um, but then <laughs> the the left hand again, the free one, uh, reaches up for another firm slap and attacks the person possessing him for five points of damage. And now both cheeks are very red. Um, Stephanie. I'm going to dispel magic. I'm mad. Okay. This is how you beat him last time. Any spell third level or lower ends Uh for each spell of fourth level or higher, the target... Oh, yeah. Makes an ability. Okay. Okay. Yeah. We'll do that. So you have to roll for it. But you had advantage because of knowledge. So, okay. Actually, actually, you go to do this. Here we go. You feel the blessing kind of like still happening as if maybe you are in the presence of your deity, perhaps. Like your deity's right there. You know, the, there, there's only one set of footprints in the sand, baby, and it's because knowledge is carrying you. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah. Knowledge is in the vicinity, perhaps. I mean, you've already heard Feast. You know, Feast is there. So I got a three and a 19. Holy shit. The 19 plus my spell casting modifier, uh-huh. which is plus five. That is good because it was it took an 18 to beat this because this is an eighth level spell. So <laughs> with the, the confidence of perhaps feeling your deity uh, nearby, you fucking reach. How, well, how does it look? How do, you, how do you do cast? Do you stamp your finger? Do you reach up to the sky? How does it look? Um, it's actually not as graceful <laughs> as oh, shit. I was okay. hoping it would be because. Um, you did just get your ass kicked a little bit. It's fucking dark uh-huh. and we had so much light and you know like when you go from like a really well-lit room or direct sunlight to like mm-hmm. you know being shut in a completely dark room or you know whatever um so i'm a little bit disoriented um i probably like hold on to the bar like as like okay okay the bar's still here uh this sucks and then i just <laughs> uh i throw my hand up in the air and just hope well, your hope is answered because it works. Uh, the magical darkness is instantly dispelled and the horrible noises you heard coming from it, some of them go away. The flattering, the flapping of wings is still happening because you notice these flying uh, piranha-looking creatures have entered the bar and are now circling uh, around the perimeter. Again, kind of like a closing circle every round, perhaps, is the mechanic that the DM maybe made up. So they are now in the bar swirling around. You can see the Yeti dogs at the window as well about to climb in. But as this light illuminate, or sorry, as the darkness goes away, uh, the daylight returns that Jared had cast. And standing next to Jared in this now bright room, right next to him, like if they just came in through the front fucking door, you see 15 motherfuckers. There is a small gnome you recognize as Feast. There is an Aarakocra. There is a Triton. There is a Centaur, a Tabaxi, an Elf, a Dwarf. And then the eight under gods as well. The fucking gods are here. The 15 physical forms of the remaining over gods and under gods of Constance part one, at least, have arrived at this bar. And the beam of light that was happening, you see the over god of light and Asimar holding the flashlight that Jared had just created when he crumpled up the page and threw it on the ground. The Asimar just picked it up and flashed it because, you know, he's got a sense for light. And basically, hashtag squad. The gods are here, baby. Now that this darkness has been dispelled and now they can see through it, because again, they don't really have powers, a lot of powers here. You see all 15 of them 
shocked that the darkness is gone. They look over at you, Stephanie, and they look at Jared, and they look at Val, and Feast, who's in the front, uh, holding when they, when like- they look, When I look at Val- Hello. Of course. Uh, <laughs> from, the, from the back, you hear the undergod of war say, Sup! Um, <laughs> uh, Fe- so Light is holding the flashlight, and Feast is holding like a bunch of food in their arms. That's you know they, where the cantaloupe came from. They also have like a half bitten turkey leg, a couple pieces of bread, and they're just like chucking it at darkness as they go. And now when the when the darkness goes away and the light appears, you hear Feast yell, "Charge!" And the fifteen gods rush the room and they bum rush to Foster Darkness and they just tackle him as the uh, the winged creatures circle, circle, closer, closer. And you watch as these 15 god-like beings, god beings, they just are, uh, all place both of their hands on different parts of darkness. Some of them on his feet, his shins, his thighs, his hips, hey, his arms, his torso, his head. Uh, fucking the undergod of lies, who is a, a yanti, which is a snake person, uh, reaches under and grabs a little bit of butt. And they all just place their hands on darkness and um, you see some some light emanate from their hands and Feast steals out be gone from this person let this mortal go darkness you son of a bitch they say Um, and darkness begins like writhing and screaming on the ground no no this can't be over dear friends no and lifting out of the physical form of Foster Grant, you see some like dark energy begin to like lift out of his skin and his body as all the gods kind of start like raising their hands. Like they're kind of sucking it out of him. And you hear Feast say, The power of Feast compels you! Uh, as they pull this dark energy out of the man known as Foster Grant until it sucks up out of him completely and launches into the sky and takes this kind of uh, just swirly, dark shape that swirls in the air for a second and instantly all the uh, the flying beasts just fall lifeless to the ground like in the Matrix when they hit the EMP situation as soon as the, this dark energy is out of Foster they all just fall down you see some of the Yeti dogs outside just fall back just completely lifeless and the swirling darkness moves around in the air and comes down to the ground and takes a physical form no longer Foster's form but the manifestation of darkness in this world which is just a human dude with slick black hair and a sharp suit but he looks weathered he looks tired he's out of breath he is defeated and he looks up at the other 15 over and under gods and says you meddling pests and Foster Grant the man, once again, possessed by his own spirit, his own zest for life, sits up suddenly and looks down at his body where he is bleeding and burned and injured and goes, Now just what in the Sam heck is going on in this place? This podcast has been brought to you by the Nostalgia Network. Visit the NostalgiaNetwork.com for more. Don't you hate when you're watching one of your favorite movies and think, whoa, that didn't age well? Or when you see a reboot of your childhood fave and think, did we really need this? Honestly, same. same. That's why we started the Nostalgia Podcast. A podcast where we discuss the retelling or continuation of pop culture favorites as seen through a queer and feminist lens. That's Jessica Tercero. And that's Eric Lefebvre. 
Come join us for our bi-weekly conversations about pop culture reboots centered around things like the patriarchy, systemic racism, harmful stereotypes and overgeneralizations, and really just distinguishing when people just need to sit this one out. Listen in on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or anywhere you get your podcasts. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, or YouTube. That's Nostalgia, spelled N-O-T-S-T-A-L-G-I-A. Get it? Not-stalgia. Like nostalgia, but with an extra T, so it's like not-stalgia. <laughs> follow us for fun, critical conversations about media. And remember, stay cute. And stay critical. Bye! Bye.